So your scenario is that you are the hepatology registrar in a liver transplant clinic. Your next patient is a 52-year-old gentleman who's on the waiting list for a liver transplant. He has a background of alcohol-induced liver cirrhosis. When you're going through his recent blood tests, you see that when he attended A&E four weeks ago following a car crash, he was found to have a positive blood alcohol level. Talk to us about how you proceed with the scenario. Okay. So I think there are a number of issues that I'm going to have to tackle in this case. And this is a really, really difficult um, situation, which I certainly won't uh, be able to tackle alone and need to really think about how, how best to prepare for talking to the patient. The first clinical issue here is that for a patient who is on the liver transplant list with alcohol-related liver cirrhosis, if they do relapse, it's a very serious um it's a very serious issue and can often result in them, their case being suspended on the transplant list or then removed on the transplant list after MDT discussion. Um, and that's clearly the big clinical issue here. And so it's important in this consultation that I talk to the patient and I'm sure they have already been counseled about the ramifications of what's happened, but uh, as well as supporting the patient, that's the clinical um, decision-making I'll have to get across to the patient as well in a, in a um, supportive fashion. Before I call the patient in, I think I've already, been, I've already found out that they may have relapsed once in A&E. It might be prudent at this point to actually, if I'm in the transplant clinic, have a discussion with um, any of the other transplant team who's dealt with this patient before, maybe any of the transplant nurses, um, maybe any of the drug and alcohol liaison nurses that have uh, been working in the pre-transplant preparation with this patient. And also understanding from the medical notes whether this is the first relapse and whether they may have had, or whether this is a pattern of relapsing um, and whether this happened before, whether they've had issues doing your transplant list and coming on it and coming off it, because these are all really important factors that need to be fed back afterwards to the MDT about the decision for how we proceed with this patient and their status on the transplant list, but also how I manage the situation with the patient now. So after I've gathered as much information as I can, um, I would certainly, because this will be a difficult discussion, consider having someone else present for my own benefit, for contemporaneous uh, documentation, and also for support. Uh, so if there is any uh, specialist nurses in the clinic, I'd certainly ask them uh, if, they would, if they have the time to be present and just make my consultant aware of the discussion that I'm due to have and whether they have any suggestions as well. Um, and then I'd like it to be an open uh, and honest consultation with the patient and I'd give them every opportunity to talk through what's been going on from their aspect and just make it clear that um, although that although I will have to discuss the results of what, what they say to me uh, and what's happened with the MDT. This is a non-judgmental consultation. And my main aim here is to find the best path for the patient. The main medical ethical principle here um, that's uh, that needs to be considered is justice. Um, because obviously the patient's on the transplant list and liver transplants, liver transplants are few and far between. And there's the very real thing to think about that uh, if he has relapsed, and this is a pattern of relapsing, he may not be the most appropriate candidate for a liver transplant if there's a patient who will be more likely to comply with treatment. 
but that's not a decision for me to make. It's more for me to think about that as the ethical principle here. In terms of confidentiality, um, obviously I'll make sure the patient's aware that his, uh, what's going on, going on will be shared with the rest of the team, um, but that's only his medical team uh, and the rest of the transplant team and his GP wouldn't necessarily be something I'd have to approach to his next of kin unless he or she wanted me to. Um, and then the, whilst I'm having this discussion, I'd also think about, you know, whilst it might be not feasible for the patient to call the next of kin in there and then if they were already present for the clinic consultation, also think about making sure that I've offered follow-up consultations with the patient and with myself and the rest of the MDT, uh, plus minus their, any trusted next of kin they do have um, that might help the, the discussions and uh, plans for the future. Um, and thereafter, I think whilst I'm having this discussion with the patient, it's really important to understand from my, my point of view what, have, what the triggers were for what's gone on and whether these, and from a clinical point of view, try and understand the patient's uh, mindset and also try and understand the risk of further relapses. Is this an avoidable trigger that can be changed or is this actually a pattern of behaviour that might be more difficult to change. And again, it's important to stress, this isn't my decision to make, but it's certainly uh, an important opinion to form from this. And it's something I'm feedback to the other members of the MDT, uh, more specifically the, uh, the psychologists that treat, uh, deal with drug and alcohol addiction um, that are part of the transplant MDT, because it's important to have all these discussions and all these opinions formulated and documented uh, in preparation for what is inevitably going to be a transplant MDT discussion about this gentleman's status on the list. Um, and then going back to think about the patient and finishing off the consultation, it's really important that they know that my primary goal is to help to help the patient uh, as, much, as much as possible. Um, and so as, as well as organizing follow-up myself um, and making ourselves available, also organizing follow-up with other teams as needed um, and helping the patient engage as much as possible um, and then finally, if there's any, um, you know, it's very important to think about what would happen next. And if the patient was in a, a state to take this in, we could also talk about the next steps about uh, things such as behavioral contracts and the various ways those might work. But again, I do appreciate that that might not be a conversation for now, and it might be too much for the patient to talk about right now, something for another time, but it's certainly something to keep in mind. Uh, yeah, so I think in summary, open consultation, making sure I clearly explain to the patient the impact this will have on their status, uh, potential impact this will have on their status on the list, and finally trying to think about how best to help the patient moving forward. Okay, good. Thank you very much. Thanks.